0: And we're back, another edition, Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. The uh, comeback, it's complete. Jordan Spieth has made it all the way back, officially to the winner's circle, winning the Valero Texas Open, his 12th win on the PGA Tour, his first in the better part of 82 starts. Three and a half years, of course. We've been talking about the struggles of Jordan Spieth as he dropped all the way down to 92nd in the world. But he's made it back. little baby fade off the tee. The irons go to work. And the putter folks, it's still magic. He's still clutch. He's still one of the best players. He knows how to score. And he gets the win at the Texas Open. And I don't think the game of golf could be any more on fire than it is right now. To help us break it all down, we'll look at the Texas Open. But we're going to look ahead because a little tournament called the Masters is this week. And he's the director of Sirius XM Radio, PJ Tour Network. Taylor, Zarzer Taylor, thank you for uh, taking some time. I know this is going to be a very busy week for you.
1: Travis, uh, thanks for having me on. I have to say that my wife has yelled at me on numerous occasions for how many of your videos I watch <laughs> on social media. And I'm uh, on a quest for a better short game and trying to get that 3.9 handicap down. A little bit so uh thank you for trying to help me and everyone else listening but um yeah you have no idea how much trouble i've gotten into hey can you go to bed now i don't know who this travis guy is stop looking at all his swing ideas (laughs) that's funny
0: i get that occasionally uh and that's a good thing i I appreciate you watching the videos but if you're a 3.9 yeah the short game is uh is definitely going to be on your radar because you're getting the ball around the greens as is spieth who uh how about that short game? I mean, goodness gracious, is he any good with the approach oh wedge gosh. and around the green? Spectacular shots late on Sunday in Texas. And I want to ask you, Taylor, because you are very plugged into the game of golf. You go on your show. For the better part of three and a half years, was there ever a time where you thought to yourself that, you know what, we we just may not ever see Jordan Spieth back in the winner's circle again?
1: Well, I, I maybe there were a few times where I, I I started to wonder that only because I I don't Jordan and I aren't very close but I uh, I know him and I know a lot of people that are very close to him and I just know how lost he was and how frustrated he was and and so yeah I mean there were some times where I thought okay we're, we're going to see him catch lightning in a bottle and he's just going to have because of what you just said, his short game is so strong and he's just one of the greatest putters we've ever seen. I I think from 30 feet, if I could pick anybody in the game today, I'd pick him if I had to make a, a 30 footer. And that hasn't really changed that much. I know, some weeks he hasn't been as strong, but that's just because he, his, his entire swing has put so much pressure on the rest of his game. But I, I thought maybe he might catch lightning in a bottle, Travis, um, at some point. But I, I, I did. I had my doubts if he would ever get this consistent again, what we've seen the last couple of months, because of just how lost he seemed for so long. And I have so much respect for how he's dug himself out of this. He is such a fighter. He's such a class act in the way he's always handled himself. And I think that it's an extremely popular win mm. yesterday in the game because of all of the characteristics, he car- the way he carries himself. And I think this week it would be one of the biggest stories we could have if he did it again on Sunday.
0: Yeah, that would be something. And he's already moved up now. I mean, he in, in many books, he is the favorite to win the Masters. I mean, that's just incredible. If somebody would have told me that six, seven, eight months, I'd go, I mean, you're crazy, right? I mean, he, it's just been a resurgence, and a lot of it, Taylor, really just stems with the driver. I, I kind of felt the same way as you. We we talked about it a lot here in the podcast, many guests, and I've always felt Jordan will be back. Two reasons. One, his short game is one of the best, of if perhaps, all time. And two... He knows how to score. You know, he knows how to score. Even when he was hitting it everywhere off the tee, there was a time in the U.S. Open, he admitted he had no idea where the ball was going to go off the tee. And then I thought to myself, this guy just shot one under. He just shot one under on the U.S. Open, and he has no idea where the ball's going to go off of the tee. So he's made it back, and a lot of it stems from that driver. I had Kurt Byram um, on the podcast in the fall, and we were talking about this. And Kurt made a statement. He said, you know, I was watching Jordan warm up in a tournament early in the fall, and it still looked like he was trying to draw it. And and we were just talking, why isn't he going to that fade? And it maybe took Butch, I don't know this for sure, but it maybe took Butch to look at Jordan and say, look, you need to go to the fade off of the tee. But ever since he's done that, ever since he's went to the fade off the tee, and he misses it to the right once in a while, but he can still find it. It just seems like now the momentum has started. The irons have gone to work. We know what the wedge and putter can do. But this fade off the tee in my in my view, has really kind of saved things here a bit for Jordan. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think being able to play a shot and being able to trust it as he's now doing off the tee is so helpful. And no doubt if you can draw the golf ball, it's an advantage at Augusta National on so many of the holes mm-hmm. there. But if you think of some of the best players in the history of the game, Hogan and Nicholas obviously first come to mind. Those are the best baby cutters of all time right there. And they certainly had a lot of success at Augusta National, like Spieth has had, too. And I, I, it would be an advantage if he had confidence in hitting it both ways. But you saw it on Sunday first couple of holes he tried to hit that draw it wasn't working so he said forget it I'm gonna play this cut and he shot 66 and he hit some shots. There were a couple of times where the hole did not call for a cut. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Hoffman, who was just on fire off the tee, he had a nice draw out there 10, 15 yards further than Speed did. But Speed said, forget it. I'm going to put it in play. And that was the smart decision. And going back to what you said about chasing it all over the place, it's such a shock to the system for 99% of us, whether we're amateurs or even professional players when you are missing it so far offline, you, it, it bleeds into all parts of your game because it rattles you so much. And Jordan Spieth reminds me of only one other person ever professionally that's that was able to overcome his misses because it's not a shock to the system. Been there, done that. I can handle this. I've I've been in, I've put myself in this position so many times. I'm almost comfortable with it. And of course, the other person would be Seve Ballesteros. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two those two guys never. Have seemed to be rattled by wherever the ball is going because they knew their short game was superior to everyone else's, and I just think that's such a massive advantage. And I, I think it's especially an advantage this week for a guy in Spieth that is so comfortable putting on maybe the most complex greens in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, his putter—it's just—it's amazing to watch. I, I, you know, I mean, I know Tiger was a great putter. But I just feel like even with Spieth, doesn't it just feel like it's even just a little bit better yet when he gets it going? I mean, it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like he's ever going to miss? And when he does, it looked at the hole, you know. I mean, it, it's just amazing to watch him roll the ball. And um, yeah, this this fade has has changed the game uh, for Jordan Spieth. And I think in many ways it'll be like Tiger now. You know, Tiger went to the fade, and when he was really feeling good with the swing, then you would see him turn his driver right to left and you knew when tiger did that you were in for it because he was feeling really good about his swing and i think with jordan that's probably what we're going to see now off the tee let's let's transition to Augusta because uh i know there's a there's a there's a big thing happening this week um with the pga tour network there on series xm radio this is this is the first year that you guys will be doing the play-by-play of the masters is that right
1: it is yes we we've been part of The Augusta National Family, a partner of theirs for a long time, doing all the the complimentary coverage, if you will, Around the play by play. Our friends at Westwood One, who are still great partners of ours for the PGA Championship and the Ryder Cup, they've had the production of the of the broadcast on the radio for over 60 years. And this year we were uh we were able to obtain the rights to produce the masters ourselves. And it's a massive undertaking, Travis, but it's something that we are just so thrilled by and so excited about i really believe we're ready we have a, a tremendous team a lot of the voices you've heard doing the masters for years on westwood one will be on our team including brian katrick who's the voice of the masters and mark Carnavale who'll be one of our on course commentators we also have john mcginnis and fred albers who of course you've heard on, on pga tour radio broadcast and on our channel for a number of years and greg norman is going to be our lead analyst in the booth, if you will, and Mm -hmm. and then also going there on the 18th hole and you know, I, that, that might be a bit surprising, maybe, to, to some of the people that are listening to us right now. Uh, at first, I can say that I was a bit surprised that he was interested. He's been on our team as a as a host of, of radio shows, Travis, for years. But we were talking about some things to do in 2021. And he said, you know, I, I'd really like to come to Augusta and be part of your team. And I thought, wow, really? And he said, man, I just love that place so much. I know <laughs> I, you know, I had some heartbreak there, and that's well documented. And the way he handled that heartbreak, I think, is yeah. what everybody appreciated most about, uh, about the Shark. But, I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest players in Masters history, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think, I mean, if we were to name the 20 best players players ever that he had up at the masters, Norman would have to be on that list and he would have to be number one of Masters performers that didn't win the tournament. So he really wanted to come back. He knows everything about the place. And to be able to pick his brain as we're watching and calling the Masters on the radio, how fun will that be? So we're really excited about that. And we've got some great coverage around the play by play with with Gary Williams and, and Dennis Paul Carl Paulson and Jason Sobel that will be hearing us up until two o'clock Eastern Time Thursday through Sunday. Uh, I'm just I'm just over the moon, Travis. So I think you can tell that by by what we're going to be able to do this week.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great, and and you guys do a great job there. And, and seriously, the the play by play is is fantastic on the radio. I really enjoy listening uh, to the guys there, and it's not easy because you're all trying to paint a picture, you know, because no one can see what's happening. So the energy has to be up. You have to articulate so well. And I just think the whole crew does a good job. So a great job. And we'll certainly be listening. And I want to ask you about one of the guys that's playing in the event, the defending champion, uh, Dustin Johnson. A little different story coming into this Masters versus six months ago. DJ was certainly the hottest player in the world when he came to the Masters in November of course, he wins Travelers, he wins Northern Trust, he wins the tour champ. He blitzes the weekend at the Houston open the week before Saturday, Sunday, and he comes in and just crushes Augusta National, but not the same form this year. Um, you know, kind of in my eyes, perhaps struggling a little, forty-eighth of the players, fifty-fourth at WGC. I see I think he's fighting the driver a little bit. And rumor has it, there's another putter that's perhaps looking to be in the bag and every time i hear that with dj i get a little bit scared what are your thoughts what do we expect to see from dj who withdrew last week late at valero
1: yeah it's always fun when when people that are doing a a program like this disagree but i agree completely with what you just said (laughs) uh being there in november I've never seen Augusta National that soft. And and candidly, I've never been there in November. I've been fortunate enough to play the golf course, but I played it around um, the Masters. So I played it in in very similar conditions to all the other times that I've been there, um, which has been very firm and fast and greens that require all of your attention that are so incredibly quick. And in November, we were in different conditions that event and he was the best player in soft conditions you put him on a firm fast golf course he's not incapable of winning I, I don't think anybody would would say that's the case but i think you just hit on two really important things i think he can overcome fighting his driver because he's so long and if he decides to hit less than driver on almost every hole he'd still be in good shape but inside 10 feet if there's one critique of dustin johnson's career to this point it would be very firm fast greens and dj inside 10 feet not having the right kind of commitment to making those putts enough in major championships and that would be my concern coming in this week is he? as soon as he has a bad day putting like you said he switches instruments and he's done that throughout his career that would give me some pause and I, Travis, I have never seen this place – and I know this is a, kind of a, an extreme, absolute thing to say. I have never seen this place as firm and fast and as immaculate as it is this week. Wow. And that being the case, that makes me a little nervous about DJ Inside 10 Feet.
0: That's great insight. You know, I, 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 think, I think we all expect it to be a bit firmer and faster than um, November because it was soft. And that's why I, I played – as many did, but I played DJ to win. He was my pick, and that was that was great. And of course, he had the more the most the most form coming in. Uh, but yeah, that putter on quick quick greens is certainly um, is something to think about. Although he has figured out to play Augusta as JT seems to be getting a little bit more comfortable um, around that place. But I want to ask you: Spieth comes in; he's obviously won a green jacket. He knows the place very well. Rory is looking to complete the Grand Slam. What would be a bigger story in your eyes? Spieth wins or Rory?
1: Man, that is a great question. Um, you can't pick a wrong answer there. Yeah. I, think probably, I think probably Rory, because it's completing the career Grand Slam, and just all of the history that he has at Augusta National, You know, we just mentioned Greg Norman a little earlier, and I'd be interested to get your opinion on this. I think that McElroy and Norman are the two most popular international golfers in American history. I don't think that there have ever been two guys not born in this country that have gained more fans in this country than those two have. Mm. Seve was public enemy number one. He was the (laughs) face of the enemy, you know, back in the day, 25, 30, 40 years ago. When you know, and, and he, to and to his credit, he's most responsible for the growth of the Ryder Cup uh, on either side, but especially with what happened with the with the Europeans becoming so strong. But if you went through, you know, Nick Faldo or Lee Westwood or Sergio Garcia or uh, gosh I mean you, you Colin Montgomery you name any player from another country I don't know that they were you, they were as beloved as Rory and the Shark are and and I think because of that especially at Augusta National where I have seen on several occasions all of the of the property rooting for McIlroy to win that would be a very popular victory I mean that's not to say that Spieth's win wouldn't be. But I think because of what Jordan just did this past weekend, I think now there's more of an expectation that Spieth is going to be around there, and he has found himself. So um, he doesn't need the crowd, I don't think, as much, maybe, as McElroy does. But I'll tell you this, Travis. Mm-hmm. I think I think Bryson winning the golf tournament would be a bigger story than anything else because of the casual fans' interest in watching this guy and how far he's hit it and what he's done to his body. He's so unique that hes and he's so outside the box. I think he brings a lot of people that aren't like you and me that are always connected to the game every day. I think he brings so many new people into the sport and I think that would be the biggest win of any. I'm not picking him to win because while Augusta National is a second shot golf course, If you are missing your tee shot 30 yards offline, it's one thing to chop it out a really thick rough at Bay Hill or Wingfoot. It's another thing to be behind a pine tree. And um, I'm worried that Bryson's going to be in the middle of those trees too often.
0: Yeah, he was 34th in November uh, in the Masters. Didn't play good really at all. Wasn't a factor at all. Um, You go back to, let's see, 2019, he was 29th. So there's definitely a learning curve happening right now for Bryson um, when it comes to Augusta. As we've seen with many great players, we saw it with DJ. He just progressively got better. We see it with JT. He's progressively getting better. Could this be the year that he finally gets the green jacket? Rory was fifth in November and really hasn't done much since. It's it's just an interesting landscape now with the players. You know, DJ kind of not the same player. Um, you know, Bryson still you feel like kind of – finding his way around that golf course and figuring out how to play it. It feels a little premature, maybe for Bryson's green jacket. Maybe this is the year for JT, you know, maybe this could be the year where he puts it together and, and finally conquers Augusta national. Of course he won the players. Um, but it always seems to come down to that flat stick with him. Can he avoid that big lull, that big dip that he gets once in a while, um, with the putter? I want to switch this conversation here. Um, over to gambling a little bit. I know that on SiriusXM, you've got uh, Jason Sobel, who does a great job um, with covering the gambling space, if you will. How does the the network look at this now emergence of gambling, and it seems to only be getting more popular and growing? Talk about the gambling space and as it pertains to SiriusXM, radio the PGA Tour network.
1: Well, I have to tell you that it's been interesting to watch – how really all parts of our country have embraced it. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was kind of something that was seen as, um, hush hush a little bit that you know that we all knew it was out there it was something all of us would talk about if we weren't on the air uh just in general conversation And, and we knew about the sports books we knew about vegas we knew about all the offshore books that were going on when you went over to the open championship it was a massive conversation because it's been an open environment over there in terms of gambling for decades and i think that now with so many more states legalizing it and opening it up, opening up casinos and sports books, it's all of a sudden become something that everybody is talking about in the mainstream media. And yeah, the PGA tour has embraced it. We've embraced it. And Travis, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but if you go to Mm masters.com on the front page of the website, they say have make your fantasy team right here on masters.com, which is really cool by the way. And the fact that you can, start a fantasy league with your buddies and do it through the masters. I mean, how cool is that? So, I mean, even Augusta national has said, great, let's, let's do it. You know, I mean, I think everybody understands that that's just a big part of the way our audience connects, not only to golf, but to every sport. And yeah, I mean, like you said at the beginning of this conversation, one of the first things I think we were thinking on Monday morning is, is speed the favorite now. Is he ahead of DJ in terms of the odds? And I saw in one book where they still had DJ at eight to one and Spieth ten to one. But like you said, a couple other places, Spieth was eight to one and DJ was nine to one. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of one of the first thoughts we have now is, you know, who the favorite is, how much value you're going to get. A lot of people like Xander this week, he's 20 to one. Some people are saying, well, it doesn't matter how often Kepka tees it up. And he's 40 to one, you know? So (laughs) uh, those are, those are thoughts that have now inserted, been inserted into the commentary of everyday talk shows on not only our channel, but in the game of golf.
0: Well, I've, you know, my career it's, it's, I'm a teacher by trade and did a lot of TV years ago with golf channel, but it's amazing, like just my business and where it's gone. I do two full-time shows now around gambling. One of them is that I do with DraftKings. It's all around fantasy golf. And then I do another one. That one's called The Matchup presented by DraftKings, which is tailored towards uh, fantasy golf. And then the other one is with um, a company called uh, Sports Pub Media, and it's called Cash Out with the Coaches. I do it with Jonathan Coachman, and it is all about win tickets um, head to head matchups, top twenties, you know, things like that. And it's really grown quickly. Um, you know, and it's fun. It's a, it's a great way to come at the tournament a little bit differently and kind of spin it a little bit differently. I enjoy it. I've always enjoyed the fantasy golf and gambling here a little bit, um, with sports. So it's a fun balance between the two, you know, what do you like to do? You like those head to head matchups, which I think are becoming really popular, um, your win tickets, your top twenties, or do you want to just kind of stay in the in the fantasy space? So, um, I think it's going to continue to grow. I'm looking at the odds right now. In um, let's see, we've got uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, and they've got DJ the favorite at nine and nine nine to one, and then there's Day and Spieth at eleven to one. All right, let's do a head to head here. I'll give you a couple guys to pick. All right. Um, you know, Rom had his baby, so he's going to come yeah. in just full smiles. Who would you take Rom over who, who, who who plays better this week, John Rom or Justin Thomas?
1: Well, you know, you were saying a minute ago, is it JT's week? He's my pick to win the tournament. So uh, obviously I'll take JT over John Rom. And and I think you're right. I think that Justin Thomas is more of a seasoned veteran. Now, I think it, it almost always requires you to be a seasoned veteran. Craig, Craig Statler would be, or I'm sorry, Fuzzy Zeller would be the biggest um, anomaly to that, winning in his first Masters appearance back in 1979. Jordan Spieth looks like he was born to play there, but <laughs> most people it takes a few treks around Augusta National before they become really comfortable. I love what I saw from JT two years ago mm-hmm. when Tiger won. JT played really well that week. Obviously. He's overcome what happened early in the year with some controversial comments that he made to himself and some uh, the, the heartbreaking loss of his grandfather, who he was so incredibly close to. Uh, he's it's been a real shock to the system. And I think that he's in a good headspace now. And I have to tell you, when the game is on the line right now, if if all of you know if we have a jam-packed leaderboard like maybe what we had 10 years ago when schwarzel won or we had two years ago when tiger won if there's a bunch of people around the leaderboard and there's a bunch of guys that have a chance this guy has such a killer instinct trevis is so confident in himself i i really like his chances this week because of the mental capacity that this guy has so i'm going jt to win
0: yeah yeah i'm probably there with you i'll have uh Certainly a win ticket on him. He's coming in at uh, let's see, 12, 12 to one at this point. McElroy nineteen to one. This is in the DraftKings sports book. Here's a head-to-head for you. These guys are always so close paired up. Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. I think both oh, these man. guys are probably under the radar a little bit. Shoffley hasn't played as hasn't played great. Cantley certainly better form. But boy, they're always like right there. Cantley Shoffley. Who, who who do you think this week?
1: Well, our uh, pregame and postgame show host Mark Lai, always uh, he calls those guys "ball hitting Jessies," which uh, <laughs> Paul Azinger always uh, references. Mark Lai's "ball hitting Jesse" comment; uh, those guys are such great ball strikers. You know, I really I, I'm on record saying Sanders going to win a major championship this year. I think it. I, I think if I had to pick one, it'd be Royal St. George's. I. I'm gonna go Xander barely, but to me that is so tough. To me, that's that's like the toughest head-to-head matchup you could give me between those two because there's so similar, there's so many similarities in their game. I think Shoffley has a little bit more metal in major championships, so I, I'm gonna give Xander the edge.
0: Gosh, I'm, you know I'm down here. Sungjae M is at 41 to one. He was second last year. <laughs> yeah, You know How about that. And he's playing great. I mean, he was eighth at the Honda, signed me up on Bermuda Greens with Sung I mean, geez, that's 41 to one. Terrell Hatton is 50 to one. I mean, you could certainly make a case for Terrell and the way that uh, I don't think he's had great form around the Masters, but he certainly, he's certainly a top 10 player, I believe, in the world. Um, so you look at, um, gosh, you go all the way down, you go all the way down here to this, uh, all these odds and. You can get some really good value this week at Augusta on win tickets, top twenties, check them out head to head, um, all week long fantasy golf space. It's fascinating. Taylor golf is, uh, golf's on fire right now. It, it's, uh, it is absolutely it is, on fire and it's cool to see you guys do a great job on the radio. I listen every single day and I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on the podcast. Good luck with the play by play this week and, uh, just enjoy everything that is, uh, the masters week
1: hey travis thanks a bunch man i'm a big fan of yours and i agree with you i'll just say in closing i think the game has a ton of juice at the minute i think that what augusta national has done for women and for children has advanced the game more than any other initiative has mm. and it's created a lot of excitement as masters week starts on top of that we had a terrific major championship on the lpga tour yes. this past week and we had Spieth winning. And I, am, I, I think all of us are bummed that Tiger's not in Augusta this week and really wish he makes a full recovery and hope to see him play again. But the fact that we are in this position without the biggest name in the game says that golf has a lot to give us. And I would say this. You know, we've mentioned Greg Norman a couple times. With all due respect to Norman and Faldo and the greats of the game in the early 90s, pre-Tiger, if you will, I think we're in much better uh, position post-Tiger or without Tiger right now than we were pre-Tiger in the game of golf. And I think hmm. that's the best way to compare it. So you're right. The game has a ton of juice right now, and I'm pumped to be part of it.
0: Well, it's, uh, that's very well said, and um, it's, it's going to be a great season. We've got four major championships ahead of us. We've got the Olympics. We've got the Ryder Cup. Golf has started. Spring is here. It's the first full week of April. Enjoy the Masters, everybody. Taylor, thank you for joining me here on the Stripe Show Pod. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs. Use of high-density particles and even a nano transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products, that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.